In my last post, I had pretty strong language about the stalker economy and surveillance capitalism. And maybe you might have heard that as incendiary or overkill or some kind of, well, really, it's not that bad. It can't be that bad. My perspective is that we've normalized what are really abusive, invasive techniques. We've made them seem perfectly normal. And in particular, there's some well-intentioned, really nice, really smart people who are all over these industries that, that do these sorts of things. Also, I'm guilty of inhabiting this system. I'm all in on Google, and I trust them more than most of these players. I use Facebook all the time, post all sorts of things. My entire social network is perfectly visible on Facebook and on LinkedIn, and my privacy settings on a lot of these systems are not as strict as they could be. I'm perfectly happy to share out, in some ways, uh, what I do where I am. The problem, though, is that these techniques, this environment is getting worse. Uh, go look at big data, algorithm culture, machine learning, all the different kinds of things that are the hot buzzwords of our day and look at how they're being applied. In large measure, modern marketing is a big engine designed to shake more money from our pockets. Uh, and that's how a lot of these really smart people are being employed. Behind this is intent. The thing I want to draw attention to is the intent of these providers. If they intend to stalk us, it's really, really different from if they intend to serve us. And both things are completely doable and both things can be very profitable. Um, and in, I'm trying to also make the point that stalking is really expensive. It's expensive in terms of money paid out to do the thing, and it's expensive in terms of the trust lost with the people you'd like to trust you. So. I'm perfectly happy to call out the stalker economy and surveillance capitalism. I'd say let's fix them. It's entirely within our ability. When I started using Anchor to podcast, which is just a few days ago, I thought it somehow steered your podcast right into iTunes. Well, it turns out there's a little bit of composing to do, actually, thank goodness, because if this was a raw stream that went straight in, that would be kind of interesting in its own way, would it not? Uh, so this post right here, what I'm speaking right now, will be the last one in my first episode uh, of a new podcast. And I will now go into Anchor and uh, make some selecting, do some editing, and uh, submit this so that it becomes an iTunes podcast. Uh, wish me luck. I will see you there. And then we'll see what happens uh, as we get ourselves over into iTunes and onward with this podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Jerry Mikulski, and welcome to the very first What If We Trusted You podcast. I'm using Anchor, which is new. Um, I had a podcast long ago for nine years, um, and I'm kind of starting over. So I'm going to find my way into what works here. But a lot of what I'll talk about has to do with trust. Uh, by way of background, I was a tech industry analyst for a dozen years. Uh, not a Wall Street analyst, but rather a trends analyst. Uh, I was at the 50-yard line when the dot-com revolution showed up, and a lot of people read our newsletter and came to our conference. My boss was Esther Dyson, who was kind of the doyen of the tech industry in the 80s and 90s. And so I estimate that I probably had 4,000 briefings from startups in that, uh, in that period. And in the middle of that period, I realized I didn't like the word consumer. I paid attention to that word for 20 years, and in the process, it kind of blossomed into 
a thesis that really revolves around trust. And I'll go into that as we do these conversations. Um, I think that whatever I do here will evolve and will evolve uh, depending on what you say back. Uh, this could become daily commentary because if I take the, the trust lens on current events, there's certainly no end of things to say. Um, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jerry Mikulski, so first name, last name, uh, J-E-R-R-Y-M-I-C-H-A-L-S-K-I, -I. no space, no underbar, nothing in between. Write me, I'm associate at gmail.com, S-O-C-I-A-T-E, uh, or back me on Patreon. I have a Patreon campaign up about trust at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash what if we trusted you. All run together, no spaces. Um, so thanks. I'm going to um, start seeing what the different topics are that emerge, that bubble up each day. Uh, it's a little bit, in particular, in this age of uh, global trust implosion, uh, the trust issues are oozing out of the swamp like uh, big bubbles at the La Brea tar pits. So there's plenty of things to talk about. So let me just stop here so that everything I do is kind of short and bite-sized and then go on from there. So this anchor thing is pretty cool. Um, it feels very immediate and all the things in the UI work really well and if you're listening using the Anchor app there's a few things you can do that you can't do if you're just sort of playing it on your browser. So pretty interesting. Uh, why is this particular podcast called What If We Trusted You? Um, well, that's kind of the phrase that's been stuck in my head for the last five years, seven years, somewhere around there. Um, and it's meant to imply that we don't really trust you. Uh, and there's a, a bunch of things around this. Partly, um, we lost faith in humans at some point years ago. Uh, partly, it was that it, there were too many of us. So how are you going to get things to scale? I'll come back to scale on later podcasts. Uh, partly also, we turned everything over to engineers and managers and told them to make it efficient and scalable and profitable in many cases. And we ended up... Uh, industrializing kind of everything and then forgetting about a lot of the things that make systems work, things that have to do with uh, interactions, trust, relationships, responsibility, uh, things of that nature. And uh, so it turns out now that we don't trust us, me, you in almost every sector of human activity. Uh, you can go around from how we design our streets where we put stoplights, to how we design our school system, which is a, an industrial nightmare, uh, to almost everything else we do. And it's kind of crazy. This trust thing just keeps coming back and, and holding up. And then if you look at human behavior, there's actually a really long uh, and legitimate list of reasons why we shouldn't trust you and me and us. Uh, go look at behavioral economics and all of the biases and fallacies and, and uh, lack of literacy we have. Go go look around at uh, the number of people uh, or, or the kinds of crazy things people do when they cheat and steal and lie. Um, go look at the current president uh, who has kind of done these sorts of things, been untrustworthy and unreliable and made his way into the White House by actually being trustworthy, 
this may make a lot of you sort of spin in your seats. Uh, he's been very trustworthy on the on the the promise, the thing he got hired for, by his core backers, his core constituents, which seems to be 28, 30 percent of the of the U.S. voting population, and that is, they sent him in, I think, to break the government. And and everything else doesn't matter so much to them. And and they want him to break the government because it's not working for them, because they hate big government, because uh, there's several different reasons in here. But from that perspective, to them, he is still pretty trustworthy. And that's that's pretty interesting. So I digress. Um, so I'm implying that we really don't trust people and uh, that there's a different way of doing things, that if we trusted you, us, uh, we might actually go about doing things in different ways, creating different solutions. And part of what got me to this thesis is, is discovering hundreds of groups around the world, from open source software to traffic calming, uh, and I'll, I'll be talking about a bunch of these on this podcast, uh, that have discovered that if you design from trust, there you actually get cheaper solutions, you actually get more effective solutions, you actually, in fact, uh, reweave the fabric of society, which we have shredded, um, so, despite, I think, a pretty realistic assessment about how untrustworthy we can be and how broken trust is today, and I'm also looking out at institutions and, and sort of the, the loss of trust and loss of faith in institutions, I actually believe that trust is the way out. That learning again how to use trust, how trust works and how to use trust well and how to become trustworthy and how to design from trust. Learning to do all those kinds of things is possibly our only way forward. Uh, that it will help us with how we negotiate crime, how we negotiate climate change, how we negotiate the difficult debates in the world uh, on tough issues that more often than not these days we're just surrendering and deciding not to talk about. So we do battle instead. Um, this is the theme I'll keep coming back to. That's why this is the second episode of the podcast. And uh, with that, I'll go back to ruminations on trust and come back to you shortly. Thanks for listening. This what if we trusted you phrase is fun because it's really kind of ambiguous and, and it's intentional. What if we trusted you? Who's we and who's you? And, and really, it's us. And in fact, we didn't create the system. We inherited most of the institutions and systems and norms that I'll be talking about. They came from somewhere one generation ago to 200 generations ago. They've been building up over time, uh, building on top of each other. They're crusty and ancient. Um, but they're a current world. So. Um, we end up in situations where the system doesn't trust us. And it was designed that way, not necessarily intentionally, sometimes by accident, sometimes because uh, we weren't thinking that way. We weren't thinking about trust. We didn't think it actually mattered in the design of the system. Uh, so the we and the you is also meant to inspire us because if we're in it and we had some hand in designing it, we are kind of complicit in maintaining systems that don't trust us. And I think maybe the most important thing is we have the complete power to fix these things, that we can take that step to trust one another and to find our way back to systems designed from trust and figure out what that means and uh, put our civilization back in order. So let's go that way.
so far on this what if we trust you thing, I've been a little abstract and uh, kind of framing the edges of this. So let's dive right in. Uh, and I'll ask you a question. Stalk or serve? This is actually what I have on a slide that I've used in several presentations in the past. You as a company marketing to us, people formerly known as consumers, do you want to stalk us or serve us? And which of those do you think is the more trustworthy activity? And I'll say we are dead in the middle of the stalker economy and uh, surveillance capitalism. If you Google both of those terms, you will discover a whole bunch of people writing about this and being quoted on this and being really thoughtful about this because we have a huge set of industries built around this. Kind of digital advertising has produced this treasure trove of exhaust data, uh, a lot of it coming out of our other activities. Uh, it's kind of the quid pro quo, the Mephistophelian bargain we have for using social media. We, we run around in the maze, uh, clicking on things, tapping on things, liking things, forwarding things, sharing things, uh, you know, tweeting things and in the process disclose where we are, what we like, who we know, all that good stuff, all of which is being hoovered up, if you'll pardon the Britishism, uh, and then remixed, put through data analytic engines and then used to uh, convince us, is the nice way of saying it, maybe manipulate us is the other way of saying it, uh, to buy more stuff, often stuff we don't actually need. Uh, and increasingly, everything is instrumented, everything is reported to everybody else. Uh, the privacy considerations are few and far between, and there are some out there, but really, we're hip deep, if not chin deep already, in the stalker economy and in this surveillance capitalism thing. And all of these things are actually as creepy as they sound. Uh, they are not trustworthy. It's just that that's the way business runs right now. That is the way companies know to get attention for the thing they've made that they're trying to sell to you. There is a well-known industry with a lot of cash flows running around with a series of, of sub-industries that are themselves sort of profitable, like listening platforms and retargeting services and a bunch of stuff you can go do. And then now what's happening is uh, data scientists and deep learning are hitting this. So all of a sudden, algorithmic solutions are starting to work their way through into these platforms. Now, it should sound pretty obvious that this is an expensive proposition. Every one of these services is not done for free. Once you get past the, hey, you get to use Facebook and Google and whatnot for free in exchange for us using this data. But on the industry side, on the marketer's side, they're paying good money for all these different kinds of things in order to do something that is not a trustworthy action. So what's the opposite? Well, the opposite is actually trying to have relationships, trying to be open and ethical and trying to serve. So that's hence my question, stock or serve. If as a company you're actually trying to serve people, it might still be really useful to know some details about them. Serving doesn't mean not knowing anything about me, but it does mean having some kind of compact that you're not going to use what you know about me against me. And here we get into some possibly sort of Talmudic discussions about, well, the whole goal of this when it works really well is to sell you the thing that you actually really need, maybe don't even know you need. And the closer we get to that, the more we know about you, the more we understand your unconscious thoughts and desires. Yeah, sort of. But you know what? Skulking around, sniffing all this stuff up, and then using it against me is simply an untrustworthy act in and of itself. 
So what does it look like to serve? I think that that's one of the most interesting questions we can have here because whoever serves well and says, look, we're not going to do these other sorts of, sorts of things, it's going to do really well. We are in a really fractured, fragmented, trust-less environment, and very trustworthy parties will do well. So I, I pose this question to you, and I'll go deeper into it in, in further little podcast episodes, but stalk or serve, which one do you want to choose? I'll leave you to chew on that for a while. In my last post, I had pretty strong language about the stalker economy and surveillance capitalism. And maybe you might have heard that as incendiary or overkill or some kind of, well, really, it's not that bad. It can't be that bad. My perspective is that we've normalized what are really abusive, invasive techniques. We've made them seem perfectly normal, and in particular, there's some well-intentioned, really nice, really smart people who are all over these industries that, that do these sorts of things. Also, I'm guilty of inhabiting this system. I'm all in on Google, and I trust them more than most of these players. I use Facebook all the time, post all sorts of things. My entire social network is perfectly visible on Facebook and on LinkedIn, and my privacy settings on a lot of these systems are not as strict as they could be. I'm perfectly happy to share out, in some ways, uh, what I do where I am. The problem, though, is that these techniques, this environment is getting worse. Uh, go look at big data, algorithm culture, machine learning, all the different kinds of things that are the hot buzzwords of our day and look at how they're being applied. In large measure, modern marketing is a big engine designed to shake more money from our pockets. Uh, and that's how a lot of these really smart people are being employed. Behind this is intent. The thing I want to draw attention to is the intent of these providers. If they intend to stalk us, it's really, really different from if they intend to serve us. And both things are completely doable and both things can be very profitable. Um, and in, I'm trying to also make the point that stalking is really expensive. It's expensive in terms of money paid out to do the thing, and it's expensive in terms of the trust lost with the people you'd like to trust you. So. I'm perfectly happy to call out the stalker economy and surveillance capitalism. I'd say let's fix them. It's entirely within our ability. When I started using Anchor to podcast, which is just a few days ago, I thought it somehow steered your podcast right into iTunes. Well, it turns out there's a little bit of composing to do, actually, thank goodness, because if this was a raw stream that went straight in, that would be kind of interesting in its own way, would it not? Uh, so this post right here, what I'm speaking right now, will be the last one in my first episode uh, of a new podcast, and I will now go into Anchor and uh, make some selecting, do some editing, and uh, submit this so that it becomes an iTunes podcast. Uh, wish me luck. I will see you there, and then we'll see what happens uh, as we get ourselves over into iTunes and onward with this podcast. Thanks for listening.